And welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors, mah.uk.com for medical accountancy needs and also to lifelinehealthcaregroup.co.uk for the best locum rates. Welcome to the Two Medics podcast. I'm Therusha Gunawardner. I'm a cardiology registrar subspecialising in intervention. And hi, my name's Imran Lasker. I've had a voice and, yeah, a voice <laughs> transplant. No jokes. I'm Beth and John and I'm back again this week. Sorry about that, guys. But yeah, I'm a GP trainee in Liverpool at present and an ex-neurosurgery trainee. No need to apologise. I actually, I mean, I'm kind of, obviously Imran's not here and that's very sad, very sad, but this is exciting. <laughs> yeah, like it's good, man. No, thanks for asking me on. So Imran's kind of got some stuff on. I think he's planning like some big holiday to, I don't know, his He's following the money, somewhere. isn't he? He's yeah, following exactly. the money. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Like, where is it that they hide the money? Or is it Panama or something? That's probably what Yeah, he's got some offshore accounts somewhere that exactly. he's after having to tend to at the moment. Exactly. We're going to try and fill the void as best we can. But I mean, and also a few cliches that we've got to get through which is that there are lots of topics to get through, right? That's the cliche. And I guess one of the kind of things that really kind of rung through or kind of rang true, not rung through, to me <laughs> was a stuff to do with pay because this month of my work have messed up my pay. Yeah, same. And, uh, they, yeah, 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 yeah. There's been, I, I don't know, I feel like it's, I'd be really dubious now if my pay was ever correct in August. I'd be, I'd be like, mm, what's <laughs> Something the, feels what's, wrong somehow. Yeah, what's the catch? <laughs> Something's got to give, man. Something's yeah, got to yeah, give. Yeah. So what have they done with you? So, yeah, so I think I think I mentioned it last week, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but essentially my so I've got a lead employer and my hospital that I've just started at didn't send out still hasn't sent out my work schedule. So lead employer don't actually have anything to go off in terms of what to uh, pay me. So I've been paid a wage, which I think is what I was get would get for pay protection anyway. But I think I'm owed more. But it's just right. an absolute excuse my language, shit show this month, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess the other risk on top is that you can get kind of tax more and whatever. Yeah. And then you, and I never so understand then, the tax stuff either. So it always yeah. just goes way over my head. And Yeah, yeah. totally. And then and someone's like, oh yeah, it's tax codes or something. And basically you're like, okay, that all, I mean, that all sounds really impressive, but yeah. <laughs> why am I getting paid so little? What's happened? Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But for me, like I got sent some random, like here is a kind, so I'm in the same place of work as I was two or three oh, yeah, months yeah. ago. Yeah. And I got sent this kind of dummy rotor and I didn't really know what it meant, but like I was doing some nights and I thought, oh, I'll have, just have a look and see how often I'll be doing nights. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh, my wage is less than last year. And then I looked and it just didn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. And so they said, if there are any problems with it, send it to this person. So I sent it to this person. That person said, oh, no, you've got to send it back to staffing. I sent it back to staffing. And then st- I got this reply saying, it's a really busy time of year. So please oh. do accept it. It'll take a while to reply. And so then I-, I waited a week and then I emailed again just to follow up. And then I got out of office reply saying, I'm on annual leave till the 30th of, of August. So, yeah, so this week I got paid less, much less than the last two months and it's really stressful it's really it is really stressful and just sending the emails and all the admin associated with it i find really stressful as well so did you see that there were these kind of tweets online i mean this is obviously a very common problem Mm. and so there was a tweet from tanya at veggie life and she said i didn't get paid trust thought they weren't responsible for paying me <laughs> urgent payment is promised no details of how much insufficient for my mortgage and bills no access to payslip system emails ignored i emailed and asked for a payslip and told they can't provide it what hurts more medical staffing apologized to my supervisor <laughs> before my corner is said to me not a single apology to the doctor who's not being paid shared with colleagues and told to chill and get over it oh my god this happens so much doesn't it and they say happened to me too it won't be the first or last time Ugh. as if that makes it okay isn't it like yeah yeah no I just that I yeah the biggest thing for me the biggest worry is that if I is that mortgage and the bills which I know is everyone's worry but I'd like I try and figure it out the worst case scenario what would the minimum I would need to get paid so I, I can so, just get those boxed off because mm. it's just like you say it's just snowballs and then one bad paycheck just say cause so much stress so much yeah. anxiety and I think I saw a tweet from this lady later on to say that it had all been rectified but it sounded like she'd had to go through a heck of a lot just to get that money that is actually rightfully hers hmm. it shouldn't be this way absolutely <laughs> and shouldn't... if you think like about the steps that might have occurred along the way like 
missed or late payment charges and having mm-hmm. to use a credit card and all that kind of stuff on top as yeah. well as like just managing on calls or whatever or just like working yeah. isn't it it's just yeah enough. and the time your own time that it takes to kind of try and sort all this out and I saw something somewhere this week that someone said oh should we be billing for that as well yeah of yeah. course in an ideal world but you can imagine what HR would say yeah, yeah, yeah. if you sent them an invoice couldn't you uh, yeah oh yeah I saw a few tweets which are like oh they're really understaffed I'm like I mean like that's all aren't we all though like, yeah exactly yeah. But I just kind of feel like the replies that you get are so unsympathetic, right? And so matter mm. of fact, I find that just makes it even more enraging. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it you is. had to weigh up, though, the responses that you get, which are a bit like matter of fact, or the people who tell you, oh, that happened to me, or it's part of life, which one would you? Which one do you find more annoying out of the two? I think the ones I find more annoying and insulting and the ones that make me, yeah, make me want to hurt somebody are the ones that are like <laughs> yeah. yeah this is just a part of working in the nhs yeah. or yeah it happens yeah. to us all and it's yeah that's fine it's shit when it happens to you as well but it's i just i need i don't know it's i need just help tips i don't that condescending oh maybe you're not cut out for it that's always the intention isn't it like oh yeah. maybe it's not for you if you can't kind of fight this battle or chase these people it's just a part of life yeah. i find those incredibly infuriating yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? It's kind of a, mm. I kind of got mine attitude, isn't it? Like, yeah, oh God, yeah. And I feel like I, would, I always expect better from like healthcare professionals. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. it just never works out like that. They always let you down, don't they? They, always they let do, you down. man, they <laughs> do. We're a, we're a terrible group of people. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see there's Mehul's tweet that kind of summed it up where he goes, fundamentally, if you have a contract with the NHS, it only matters if you break it and not anyone else. I was like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like someone's reply to that who said it's not a contract, it's a ransom. I was like, yeah, that's how <laughs> it feels. Yeah, it's true. Definitely how it feels. That did remind me, there was a kind of, there was a tweet by Ethics in Bricks and it made me think of like those responses that you get, the ones like, oh, you're not cut out for it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, that tweet was, um, so there's a quote from Michael Sandor and it said, the more we view ourselves as self-made and self-sufficient, the less likely we are to care for the fate of those less fortunate than ourselves. Yeah, And I just, I kind on. of feel, isn't it like the people who are kind of quite who feel quite comfortable and then they can kind of miss those oh oh, it's fine because yeah yeah those tweets always seem to come from like the upper echelons like it's always the more senior healthcare professionals amongst us who have obviously had things differently in their day for better or for worse but it's say there's just that element of comfort now and it's just to be like they try and lord over us a bit and forget what it's like maybe Uh, i don't know i guess like tale as old as time do you think that's just like something that I kind of worry like people say, oh, like, you'll be like that one day. Like how mm. I remember when I was in F1 and treated absolutely horribly by the registrars in my surgical firm. And I remember this kind of like specialist nurse really knowingly being like, oh, you'll be exactly the same one day. And I just... How dare you? How dare they? <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm better than that. Yeah. Like, what is it do you think? Does something happen though? I think it must because like... Wh- in previous jobs, so in, in my old career, there would be like, again, a lot of belittling by consultants and senior colleagues and things. And people used to be like, oh, but they were so nice when they were an SHO here. Or I remember them as yeah. a reg and they were so nice. And then, so does that mean that I always then took that to mean that something must have changed as yeah. a, becoming a new consultant or whatever. And I know they're like, I've experienced it where you get more senior, become a registrar, you have completely different stresses to what you has as a yeah. F1 or whatever. But I think, I don't know, you still don't have to be a knobhead, really, do you? Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, I guess sometimes it, you come across those people and you realise, oh, yeah, I'm never going to be like that. You learn yeah. that as well, don't you? Yeah, I guess when you were saying that, it was making me think maybe they were just knobheads when they were SHOs, but they were pretending not to be. Maybe they were trying yeah, harder to, yeah, appease people and stuff, yeah. yeah, just to get through and then true colours and, come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. But it's funny you should mention it because there are different stresses, right? And I definitely mm. find that I hate who I am when I'm on call. And yeah. sometimes I'll get like completely reasonable questions and I'll be like, I'll finish a phone call and I'll be like, what the hell? What the hell yeah. did I just say to that person? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh I used to find myself going around and apologising a lot. And I think there was never anything that I really needed to apologise for. Hmm. But I'd sometimes realise that I was maybe a bit more curt or whatever yeah. than I would normally be, p- purely because of volume of work or calls or the volume of switching between different tasks that there was. And I'd find myself being like, oh, sorry if I was out of line. And people oh. would always be like, oh, no, don't worry. And yeah. I was like, why am I apologising? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you do notice sometimes, I think, depending on what goes on, it can definitely change how yeah how you interact with your colleagues and stuff yeah I was just kind of thinking so there's a tweet from 
Ollie, did you want to read this one out? It was People Not Happy, eh? That one? Oh, yeah. Let's have a little look at that one. So that was a tweet by Ollie, who's at Dr. Ollie Ball. And yeah, this got quite a bit of traction, didn't it, this week? Mm. So Ollie said, I'm finally realising how awful working within the NHS is. This weekend, it hit me that now that I now consider having time to pee whilst at work or have an uninterrupted 10 minutes to eat lunch a total luxury. Time to reconsider options. It's, mm. Yeah. Why do we do this to ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true it's so such a common experience isn't it that kind of needing to pee or just the, the uninterrupted time mm. just the uninterrupted time like... it's just it's it just yeah it's fleeting it just doesn't exist anymore and things like you have your lunch but it's always on the job you're always doing yeah. something alongside it or whatever yeah. and we would ju- obviously what we were just mentioning about like some of those kind of condescending replies this tweet got quite a lot of those didn't it and yeah. mm people about oh was it Anand oh maybe yeah. oh yeah D- doctor it does look like Dr Randy but it's not it does look like Dr Randy yeah <laughs> Randy uh, yeah working in NHS requires a strong passion to serve people it's not a walk in the park hard work always gets rewarded the pleasure you get from treating patients is something you won't get in any other job and then someone said yeah but a UTI is also something I won't get in another job <laughs> it's like, yeah of course plan. man yes Oh, it can be totally grim at times. How did this person respond to those responses? Was it was there anything more? Or no, that's it. They no, stopped. They they were just they probably saw their ass. Like so maybe yeah, that, yeah. Oh, maybe there was a bit of sense that crept gosh. in. But yeah, you can guarantee that those people will kind of crop up and it yeah. always verges into that rhetoric about being we're here yeah. to serve people and heroes and well. Yeah. It's so martyrdom, which you know is not true. Mm. The people who kind of come out with this stuff are the worst. They're yeah. the worst, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're Literally the ones, the ones that you'd like dread if you wouldn't go to if you had any issues or whatever. But this is exactly. what the, the stuff that they kind of tout on Twitter is quite, yeah, quite enlightening. Also, every single one of their sentences has ended in an exclamation mark. And I, find, <laughs> I find that as a red flag for me. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, the whole, I mean, I've had days like that, even recently where so like my recent uncle, I accounted, I keep telling this to people because I was just so upset at the time. I was like, I got called mm. 34 times in two hours and 15 minutes. I don't know why, it's, why I picked the 15 minutes as well, but I think it's because I started counting back from a quarter past two. Yeah. And it was so annoying because I felt like there was one particular, I was like trying to talk to a patient. I think I must have been caught. I think a few of those were like in quite short succession. I think I must have been mm. called five or six times whilst trying to talk to this. And I couldn't keep like a train of thought. It's yeah. so difficult. And I was like, yeah. so what are we talking about? Like literally again and again. And, the danger, man. It's, and that can be dangerous, can't it? Yeah. I just, and so like, the thing was, is that I, I like, so my boss came like later on in the day and he's like, oh, how's your day? And I think at this point, I was kind of at the end of my tether. I was yeah. just shaking my head and sweating. and just be <laughs> yeah. like, this is terrible. This is terrible. And he was like, oh, so authors. And he does this like standard consultant thing where they, they like ask you lots of questions about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, why don't you generate a solution? Whereas all I wanted to like generate was like, I don't know, sleep. Like I just yeah, want to rest. lie down somewhere. Exactly. And yeah. He was like, what percentage would you say of those telephone calls was appropriate? And I was like, I don't know, mate, between 80 and 90% are probably reasonable questions. And he's like, right, okay, so that leaves 10%. And I'm like, okay, 10%, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, how is this ridiculous. helpful right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I think it's making me more enraged because I like Exactly. Because like, you don't have the time to entertain that discussion either because no no doubt you were getting more, fo- more phone calls as that kind of discussion was going on. Exactly. All I yeah. wanted, I think in that moment, was for him to go, that is terrible. Yes. Do you want a coffee? Do you want me to hold the phone for you? Do you want me yeah, to write you a coffee? Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But no, like, I have to do some yeah. quick maths. Quick maths. Quick maths, got yeah. Quick maths in it. Yeah, it's yeah. not It's not good. And I'd hate that, like, when operating and stuff and the on-call bleep or whatever was just going constantly. And then, obviously, you couldn't answer the bleep straight away if you were operating. And then mm. switchboards start putting calls through to your mobile and oh, everyone's God. getting really pissed off because no, nothing's getting answered and then they ring your consultant and it's just yeah. I don't even know what the answer is obviously mm. the answer is more people on call but that will yeah. never ever happen but I used to find it really fatiguing that kind of constant switching so having someone tell you a story about their patient whilst you're focusing like you said talking to another patient and yeah. trying to then separate those two or three people in your mind again it was just yeah it was just a lot 
And I'd find it, I'd find it, like, they'd all start their phone call and be like, oh, sorry to bother you, just got a quick question. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, the fourth one, mate. Yeah. The fourth yeah, one yeah. in, like, five yeah. minutes. Oh, fourth just quick a quick question. question, yeah. 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 <laughs> you have to be, like, you have to be delightful to every single one of them. Exactly. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank yeah. you so much for asking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you have to tough. pretend that the, each one's the first one that's yeah. brand new, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. it's so hard. You have to just be kind every time. It's really hard. Okay. I don't know. But speaking of which, I guess when you're talking about how, I mean, the situation isn't going to change. Should we talk about this kind of tweet from Lucy Cat Lady? Where she's, so she's the one, so her kind of handle is tweets passionately into the void. And it's <laughs> I at, like that, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> at Lucy underscore cat underscore lady. Oh, I should give her a follow. So she's a primary school teacher, computing lead, mad cat lady, and what? Slimming, slimming world recidivist i don't know what that means oh i like her i like it already. Yeah, she sounds cool though doesn't she so mm. she says my small town center has opened a private gp surgery in what used to be a bank local branches all closing down they offer same day consultations and the pay-as-you-go service this is their price list is this the future and it's a hashtag save the nhs and i'm pleased to see that she had at least three quarters of a phone battery so that's good and she had quite a lot of reception so i'd like to know what yeah she's, with. she's doing well she's doing she's well. doing well isn't she yeah thriving and so anyway the price list face-to-face clinic consultation 130 pounds wow yeah so phone online consultation 85 pounds private prescription 15 pounds home visits 180 pounds we could do this we could undercut you and nina could undercut this yeah we could <laughs> Oh my god! Jeez, yeah, wow. yeah, we totally could. My yeah. my small, my old small town centre converted a bank into a Domino's pizza, which oh, probably wow. says a lot to where I'm from. <laughs> this person's converted it into a private a GP. GP practice. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I don't know. Someone made a very good point and said like the amount that that you pay for a face to face clinic consultation in this company, so 130 pound, is what an NHS GP would get for a patient for the entire year yeah. or something like that, which is just yeah. crazy it's opposite amazing. ends of the spectrum. But I don't know. I quite like the one. It wasn't even minor surgery, but to assess your suitability for minor surgery yeah, just exactly. costs 50 quid. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind that job. I would it really, that. That's basically to look at it, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe even to like prod it with a glove on. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> look interested. I'm just going to squeeze it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's 50 quid, please. So, I mean... It's tempting. I mean, with those kind of figures, though, right? I guess, like, on the flip side of being a private GP, probably the indemnity is going to be more and you're going to have, like... Potentially, I guess, there's those kind of costs, isn't it? But it, I don't know. So, I like, I think with this kind of system, I think more and more people are going to pay for it because even though it's a lot of money, it's still not it's still not crazy amounts of money, if that makes sense. So, pe- mm. some people will think, oh, I can't get in to see my GP or it's a telephone consultation... I can stretch that 130 quid to go and see this person face to face. Yeah. And that's just going to keep perpetuating these types of businesses, but I don't think that can continue because then these people will inevitably end up back in the NHS when tests come and other onward referrals and they can't afford that. And I think it's it feels like a bit of a con then because I think these companies will know that people will probably try and fork out those initial fees. And then they can probably wash their hands of them and be like, oh, we'll just refer you back into the NHS for these tests. And it feels a bit like a cop out. And then people are obviously cost of living crisis and stuff. That's yeah. money that they really need, but they're putting them into these like private companies and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's... I hadn't really thought of it that way. Like I kind of think, I mean, someone did make the point, oh yeah, as soon as anything is up with you, they'll kind of send you back to the NHS. But in a yeah. sense, the point there's also that point that you make that it's quite, it's not exactly like it's kind of designed for that purpose and I often find mm. that when people have investigations or things done privately trying to track down their investigations or what's kind of happening yeah, stuff can be really difficult yeah, yeah um, it's really hard but yeah this is for that I think this is for the people now who are kind of uh, me and Nina have spoken about this quite a lot but how people are demanding things like now is that like Amazon Prime yeah. culture isn't it and I think these kind of services really speak to those people because you will get an appointment the next day at a time of your choosing or whatever. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the aftermath, I kind of worry about that because then I think people will just not think beyond this initial appointment and then it gets a bit messier. Yeah. But, Do you yeah. think, though, is that, I mean, that's probably a question of infrastructure, right? And how far mm. away are we from, because from kind of radiology colleagues, I've got one or two f- friends who are radiologists of varying degrees of quality but a lot of them are saying that they're getting lots of like private scan requests and mm. literally on the quest it's like nhs is taking too long and yeah, it just kind of yeah. makes me think maybe there is this whole kind of like separate pathway that 
is is kind of being generated out of necessity yeah. now I totally um, agree with that yeah it is because people are a lot of people are coming into GP with like obviously wanting onward referrals they've waited however many months and they're like oh no I just need to go private now and the reason the problem I guess hasn't changed as such but they just can't for whatever reason wait for however long it would take, take to be seen on the NHS and mm. that is for these firms and these private kind of doctor companies that's going to be a huge part of their business now isn't it it's kind of taken advantage of that yeah it's so depressing isn't it I mean like I was kind of on the topic of everything getting I mean we'll probably we need to find some like positive stuff but on the topic <laughs> of things getting worse so there was a tweet from Naomi Mim- Naomi me? Naomi me. Naomi me. It's that Muppet. Anyway, yeah. No, not her. That's in the noise. Being, yeah. being informed by our trust that ALS costs 460 now, only reimbursed by Health Education England up to £275. And only after we've attended, employers need to pay for mandatory courses that we need to progress that standard, especially, surely, the ones that expire every four years. Yeah. This is a tale as old as time, though, isn't it? It is. No one, it takes months and months to get reimbursed for courses that you end up having to stick on, like your credit card credit and cards. stuff. Yeah. But I think, like, now I'm in GP training. I think there was a period over COVID where they said, like, ALS wasn't compulsory in, applica- in applying for GP. And I think now people are saying ALS is compulsory again. And obviously, oh. we're doing hospital rotations and we're on call, and they're saying ALS is compulsory for that. But right. the GP school is saying, we're not funding your ALS because you don't oh. need ALS to be a general practitioner. So you're kind of stuck in this place and I'm like, I'm not paying, for, I can't afford 500 quid for a course. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. So what happens? Are you just, I don't know. I'm just trying to get away yeah, without yeah, yeah, <laughs> just keeping my head down, but like no, no problem. I'll do access. No, yeah. No doubt. It'll kind of bite me in the backside at yeah. some point, but it's just, that's the thing we get keep is for surgery. You have to do ATLF, the CRISP course, which is like critical yeah. care of the surgical patient. And all these yeah. are like, you have to do them by ST3 but the money's not there up front for you to take and book on. It's, it's really cheeky, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like I had to go through a process, I remember. And it was for like, uh, it was a course that I was actually, it was mm. funded. I still had to apply for the study leave. And uh, so I sent these kind of forms off to my supervisor. My supervisor was like, fine, send it to this other person. So I sent it to this other person who sent me this kind of really long email back with three paragraphs about how in this scenario, this is, it was kind of an aspirational course. And I did, I shouldn't, like, strictly speaking, I shouldn't, I'm not really eligible for funding. And I wanted to reply like, Gosh. mate, I'm not asking for funding. I just, I just want the time off. I just want the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, and uh, it got to a point where I was like, I replied being like, I'm happy to take this off as annually. But it's like, no, it's fine. I've approved it. And I'm like, why say all why this kind of stuff? It's just so ridiculous. I know. And we're constantly like, we constantly get told that we have to make ourselves more competitive because we know that training and consultant jobs is like this pyramid shape, isn't it? So the numbers get less and less as you go up. So we're all trying to give ourselves an edge and, you know, taking time through these courses and stuff but then you get met with things like this is not vital so we're not going to fund it it's the same with gp training like we don't get rightly or wrongly we don't get kind of funding for extra diplomas or specialist interest courses because they're like you don't have to be a gp with a specialist interest like you just need to be a gp so that's kind of on your own time but ultimately it's beneficial for the patients right if you've developed specialist interests and whatever but I don't know the whole thing's just a mess it's weird isn't it it's kind of like mixed messages isn't it and in mm, the end it yes only really kind of serves the people who have that kind of money to blow yeah blow. it's completely unfair definitely yeah. so speaking of things that are really unfair so I'm being sarcastic basically there's a tweet <laughs> from Julia Grace Patterson who oh, um, our friend our friend our mate we go way back she was actually <laughs> she went to the same uni as me so did she that's great yeah great pedigree there. you have a nice little connection there yeah exactly so important she hates tweeting this oh, as course. she yeah she totally recognizes why it's happening what's happening julia tell us lots of people are emailing and cancelling their every doctor membership so when she writes every doctor she uh, she capitalizes the d halfway through i've and noticed like, that yeah yeah so I'm like does her phone auto corrected it now or does it always yeah. do that? I don't know. It's anyway. interesting that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so like everyone's cancelling, or lots of people, not everyone. Not that I'm suggesting. Everyone it. should, but oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should. I don't know. You choose. But lots of people are emailing and cancelling it because of concerns about the cost of living crisis. If our funding disappears, every doctor disappears. Klaxon, dot, dot, dot. Okay. What's the next tweet say? What's the next tweet say? I don't have it. Oh my gosh. What happens? We've only what got happens? a screenshot. Oh my gosh. We don't have, we don't find out what happens at the end of Lost or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's it feels, man. I'm just oh, hanging on that <laughs> cliff edge. 
But you know what? Like, of course, people are cancelling their Every Doctor membership. Apologies. I don't even know what they do anyway. But <laughs> there's, we have to eat. We have to keep a roof over our heads. We need to try and keep warm. I guess for me, I don't know if I'm being a bit extra, but those kind of things are more important than whatever this Every Doctor membership offers at the moment. It's just... It's really difficult to kind of believe in all this when a lot of the tweets and things have been like trying to sell masks and stuff. And I think people have rightly questioned a lot of the kind of, well, what are you actually doing apart from projecting slides on the side of a building in London? And I just, I don't know, I just think that's quite a rude thing to tweet, knowing that people are struggling, but then you're like, oh, we'd still buy a membership with us. It's just really short-sighted. Well, I mean... I think the thing is that I have seen, I did see some of the follow-up tweets which explains what they do, but it's, it, when I say explains, I mean kind of use a slightly kind of flowery language mm. to kind of say, they kind of, they didn't quite use the word lobby, Okay. it was along those words, but then I, so like literally there's a tweet from yesterday that says, I'm seeing some very concerning misinformation being shared about every doctor. If you see anything concerning, please email legal at every doctor this time around yeah i know and our head of policy who's an nhs consultant and a barrister will be delighted to Mm -hmm. apply why delighted to apply just a quick note we took the government to court did they what happened you can imagine the kind of Mm. scrutiny we're therefore comfortable with every doctor is run by three doctors one two and three two of which work full-time in the nhs you can guess which one doesn't we hold ourselves and and then how do they get where do they where do their funds get from that one person if they don't work anyway? We hold ourselves to the same levels of professionalism as all doctors and we are proud to do that. It's a difficult one because I think there needs to be accountability and transparency now. And even like organisations of the BMA and stuff are, are guilty of not doing that. And I think it's right that people ask questions, especially when you're paying or asking for money, like cold, hard cash. But I don't know, I guess maybe I'd be more reassured if they can show me results and give tell me what they've done rather than kind of threatening that if you see something said bad about us email our legal team it just feels a bit that's yeah I don't know that's a bit concerning exactly right it's kind of there's a smoke signal there or something I don't know it just kind Mm. of it it feels threatening but like in in the implication of it yeah yeah and it's just like really weird when you try and dig through it because all I kind of see is stuff to do with this kind of bizarre social media campaign that she has but she you know talks about how many retweets she's had um, yeah, oh she's, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she's, and she's been in the Independent, or and she's been on Sky talking about stuff. I just, I don't know. It says if we lose our funding, the work will stop. Red Claxon again. There's Claxons. God, <laughs> loves the siren. Sound the alarm. Yeah, yeah. I think this autumn and winter it's going to be truly horrific for the NHS. Isn't it? What are you implying, Julia? What are you? What is it you're doing? Help though? us. Yeah, yeah. What can you do to help us? Give us uh, solutions. And we need to be speaking up for pa- patients and staff more loudly than ever before. If you're able to, please join every doc. We've, I just don't, I just don't know. I think like it's all well and good saying those things because of course we need to speak louder for patients and stuff. No one's disputing that. Yeah. But I think the issue is how. Yeah. I feel like we're not getting told how those things can potentially happen or what strategies they have in place. Yeah. Whereas things feel a little bit more clearer with things with regards to like the BMA and pay restoration and stuff. There seems to be a lot more out here now on social media from people on council and committee and stuff Mm. and it feels a bit more like they're voting for industrial action we've got a timeline for that whereas these other kind of organizations it's still a bit it sounds good but actually what are you going to do yeah the substance yes the goods yeah yeah exactly show me the money goods yes yeah (laughs) Little Imran um, uh, quote there. Exact God. Anyway, I look. I don't look forward to hearing from their legal team. I can't we'll afford see. it. We'll so, see. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Nothing <laughs> to sue me for, man. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess kind of moving on. I mean, the, to do with like changeover and stuff. There's one here from a, a Natasha, at Natasha, AGHT. AGHT. Oh, this lady's a radiology trainee, I think, isn't she? Oh God. All right, then. Followed from afar. Yeah, she's a <laughs> she's got her head screwed on clearly. She's a radiology trainee. Absolutely, absolutely. So she says, in true NHS fashion, I drove two hours, booked a hotel for my two-day trust induction for e-learning, paperwork, etc. Arrived to the trust for HR to have forgotten to actually organize anything at all. Oh my god. And no one knew we were arriving. I could actually breathe fire. I don't believe I don't blame you i do believe you i just yeah yeah we do believe you yeah i do i just don't blame you i don't blame you yeah that's it's all the yeah and the like i remember when i started f1 so obviously i 
went to medical school in Cardiff and from South Wales anyway. And my F1 job was in Liverpool. And I remember getting told that I had to go and present my ID and stuff in person however many weeks before I started my job and had so did the five hour drive to Liverpool just to present this ID. And they were like, sorry, we've not got you down. Like, why are you here? And I was like, oh my God. So I had to leave the hospital and try and find their HR, which was on some random business park on the outskirts of the city, just try and find someone to like, just look at my passport to be reassured that it was real. Oh my God. And I've I had to like, do that, but yeah. that's ridiculous. But I, I don't know. And some of this stuff like still happens. It's, yeah, and I think the fact that you booked a hotel and stuff as well, I'd be absolutely fuming. Yeah, it sounds like you had perfect reason to be fuming. But and if you think about like how unreasonable that is, mm. like why? Because what someone had to look at it. Like there's so many yeah. other systems in place and stuff to get things verified. Like why does yeah, it have to be yeah. done in such a yeah? And like why isn't the induction on your first day in your current job? Like why do you have to go elsewhere? Okay. However many weeks into the job, go elsewhere two hours away to do an induction. So it's all just. Yeah. Yeah, it's really unreasonable, I think, the way that we have to jump through all these hoops. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's all for the convenience of someone else. Of course, yeah. Every other job I've had, whether it's been in healthcare or out of healthcare, you just turn up, you get your induction in the place where you're working on the job, and then you just start. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it so difficult? Why is it so difficult? I know. And the other thing is that, of course, it doesn't even begin to bring up the topic of the fact that your details don't really change that much when you go from one trust to the other, yet you're filling in the same forms just in a slightly different order for each and every place. Like, why is it that you have to do that same stuff? Yeah. Do you remember, time? like, they tried to tell us, like, years ago that the smart card was the answer to oh, all these yeah. issues? Yeah. And we were all given this smart card, and it's so you just go between trusts, it's got all your mandatory training and all your details on there, and then nothing ever came of that yeah it's amazing somebody got paid though i'm sure somebody got paid really well for that i'm sure yeah huge like groundbreaking project like yeah. i wanted to kind of mention the tweet from meme reg um because oh, i found I love it that account yeah it's so good he did a tweet that said there are only two types of registrar over the age of 30 and yeah. unfortunately so there's a picture of steve carell in a badly fitting kind of uh, polo shirt and it's like a dad uh, outfit isn't it yeah. new balances and, like, and stuff yeah yeah only but i hadn't even spotted those i was already yeah, on the jeans classic dad like, shoe i was like this is me this is me like now <laughs> yeah. and then the next is like the kind of sg3 like vascular reg who's yeah <laughs> suited and booted but then yeah did you see some of the responses one of them was you don't have any female representation there oh my and gosh i was like oh no you don't <laughs> shut him down yeah, shut him down so, and I, sorry, I saw the reply and I messaged him being like mate you've got to delete that now yeah, <laughs> like not, not everything has to be a fight oh. this was clearly a, it's a meme isn't it it's a well known yeah. meme that's going around it's yeah. just it's the two men It's that's just what it is not everything has to be fought on that cow but yeah I hate oh. seeing stuff like that when I relate oh, to it and yeah. I'm like oh god damn oh, it you've yeah, got exactly. me there oh. yeah just to yeah. delete your account, meme red, you're gone. Yeah, you're we were talking about this in work this week, actually, because we, we referred a patient to dermatology and they always come from like a satellite hospital in. And it's like when they walk down the ward, everyone's like heads turn and we all just, oh, look oh, how right. glam they oh, are. Yeah. And then we're, <laughs> we're sitting there in our really ill-fitted scrubs <laughs> and greasy hair or whatever. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> literally, you hear the stilettos coming down the corridor and we're like, oh, dermatology, are here. we're very excited. That's yeah, so funny. it's a, a stark contrast. Yeah, but you know that they're like, oh, we've got a clinical consult. We've got a clinical consult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got a clinical consult. Wow. It's yeah, excitement all around, clearly. Exactly, yeah, with their kind of briefcase for the queens yeah massive respect for johnny he's a, yeah, one of yeah, the glam ones awesome. clearly so i guess kind of branching out of like medicine yeah. there are a few other kind of topics to bring up did you see did you want to talk about did you see the one from katie brown did you want to talk through that one yeah this was the one was it this one about academia yeah yeah, so this was, yeah, this was a quite a tough read, actually. And this was a thread by Katie Brown, whose handle is at Katie underscore Brown and then the number four. So she wrote a thread on her experience of bullying by a senior academic at a conference, which included him telling me I should be ashamed, pointing his finger in my face and calling me a disgrace. And so she provided some context and essentially she's a PhD student and this person is supposedly a top scholar in their field. So there was this huge like difference in seniority and 
rightly, as she pointed out, gendered power dynamics as well. It was one of those classic kind of started with a comment rather than a question where he disagreed with a critique of um, something that she'd referenced. And it turns out he'd misinterpreted what she was saying. And she said, yeah, I could have been clearer, but still it's no excuse. And yeah, she was just left. He attempted to belittle her and her work, implying in front of everyone at this conference that she'd not done her research. She said, when I responded, he was not interested in listening to what I had to say and continued to publicly criticise me. I can only imagine the aim was to embarrass me. After the questions finished, I had to leave the room because I was so upset. I sat and cried outside. I truly welcome critique of my work, but there is a way to do absolutely that shows basic manners and respect. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, academia, we just see so much toxicity, don't we? And I think she said many colleagues came to her after this whole ordeal to praise her work and to kind of validate how inappropriate this person's behavior was. So we know that this is not someone's misinterpretation of events, but how demoralizing is that? This is your life's work, your your life's research, and you're Mm. at a conference and you're just horrible man just decides to kind of humiliate you it's, it's of course their issue like they're doing it to feed their ego but yeah, there's just totally. so much it's just yeah it's hard it's I don't know I'm getting annoyed now like it's just yeah, so much no, upset that's caused by these people like by these types of people and it's we see it, I think sometimes in medicine as well with certain specialties mm. it's always that hierarchy isn't it people want to set out to belittle you and humiliate you it's just vile. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Especially the kind of pointing f- his finger in my face. Yes. Would you do that to another guy? Exactly. Of course they wouldn't. Yeah. Of course and they wouldn't. There was like interesting kind of, I think the thing that really bothers me about it is that there is a different, is an aggression. It's still an mm. attack, even albeit verbal, but like, it's still kind of, you can, the, the behavior does sound very intimidating within that kind of like context. And it's still, yeah. I think people will still feel th- threatened. And, yeah. But it's done within this kind of like middle-class academic sphere so then it's not like you can the only way you can kind of defend yourself is with words and if there's a power dynamic there is that kind of there is the power dynamic that kind of stops you from speaking up and so all these kind of like social pressures to not respond so essentially you're like a caged animal who just has to take this onslaught and somebody's written something along those lines be ashamed and a disgrace I hate the phrase, a disgrace, but anyway. Mm. Our polite middle-class expressions for public disagreements. They seem completely subjective, but imply a widely accepted standard of behaviour, which the user claims to represent. Maybe the non-verbal communication upsets you, but the, what? Oh, actually, I don't know if I agree with this person. But I guess just the... suddenly turned into a douche, haven't they, with that response? Yeah, they're like, so, hang on, it was going but... so well. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And I guess the kind of point I thought they were driving at was that they've just made judgments based on their own mm. feelings and then just kind of applied it to that situation to this and it just sounds completely ridiculous and baseless there's a more useful reply which is the chair of the panel (laughs) failed you Um, yeah yeah you would hope I think she says about other people came up to her afterwards and agreed with her which again is validating but you would hope that someone else should have stepped in especially other senior colleagues or say the panel chair and stuff that would actually be like this behavior is not acceptable Mm. so she was failed by other people and she's not saying that don't critique my work we all welcome debate but there's a way to do it isn't it yeah I mean her reply was so as in this thread was so thoughtful because she's Mm. even kind of conceded in a way to say he's got the wrong end of the stick maybe I didn't put the message across like what a kind of reasoned reflection yeah exactly everything's two-sided isn't it any anyway but you know even if she says I could have made things clearer or whatever there's still no excuse for him to physically be pointing a finger in her face yeah. over some academic work what the heck exactly how pathetic isn't it really, i know i know like, might start applying my... that tactic in in gp i should stop wagging my finger at me <laughs> <laughs> you did that yeah exactly yeah how dare you uh, yeah exactly i'll be like why did you write on that ecg and get all up in people's faces yeah. like, imagine getting yeah. that up on stuff like that i mean i, I know man it's, yeah it's, it's driving yourself into an early grave isn't it <laughs> yeah People are funny, aren't they? But I think there's, do you think there's like, I saw there are kind of lots of responses, including among some kind of cardiologists, and some of them were like, that's why I didn't want to get into academia because it uh, invites a certain type who just likes the sound of their own voice and they yeah. like the. There's a lot of it, there is a lot of self promotion in academia. There's lot, lots yeah. of money in it, but there's lots yeah. of self promotion. Yeah. And I think you have to, obviously, you're putting, it, it, it becomes like your work, doesn't it? And a lot of that, your life bleeds into that as well. So it's obviously something that you're incredibly passionate about and rightly so that you should be bigging yourself up and that's how you get places, I guess. That's how you get your work out there Mm. and things. But I don't know, you have to stop before you become some sort of like narcissist in that, I think. And 
before it becomes incredibly damaging because yeah it does put people off academia it really does it's not attractive to me whatsoever because of all these toxic kind of stories that I read yeah and then I mean that leads on to another toxic story there's one from Becca Medic I can see that you responded to that oh did I oh yeah this yeah. really annoyed me so this was about yeah this so this was treated uh, sorry tweeted by at Becca Medic and she said the ward nurses being super rude and demeaning to FY1s is not a vibe I'm an adult who's been to medical school who's a doctor and doesn't deserve to be put down and embarrassed in front of of my surgeon luckily an interaction that's in the minority but damn did not make me feel valued and that really got to me because well loads of us have experienced it I think especially female trainees experience it quite a lot more I'd say anecdotally from kind of what I've read and kind of spoken to people and I know Abby Carey's kind of spoke about this in the past as well but again there's that power dynamic it's really hard to bring that if if nursing staff are speaking to you like this on the ward, it's really hard to bring that up with a ward manager and they a manager because I, mm. I feel like people like stick up for their own, if that makes yeah. sense. It's never appropriate. Like there can always be disagreements, of course, but it's never appropriate to be rude and demeaning to junior staff. And so, yeah, I, re- I recall replying to that now and it is hard to bring up, but if that continues, you have to speak to your CS or your ES about that because that's it's bullying essentially, isn't it? If that was to con- continue, that's bullying. We kind of often see kind of stuff like that I mean, obviously, the relationship with the nursing staff is kind of complicated, isn't it? We learn a lot Mm. from them. It's kind of collaborative. There's an MDT. You get nurses at all kind of different levels and kind of roles. But you often do see from time to time this kind of, especially on, on social media, the kind of tweet that says something like, oh, and the nurse says this, then you've got to do this. And it kind of puts that kind of, puts a kind of an aura about them of this kind of wise, all knowing thing. And it's, it seems yeah. kind of, it's quite kind of romantic, isn't it? But yeah, kind of it's, weird, isn't it? it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And, it's, and we're not disrespecting our nursing colleagues at all. Mm. But, you know, it's, it doesn't work that they say jump and we say how high. That's just not how it works. People say that very romantic or romanticized notion of if they say, come, you need to run right now. It's so like, oh, actually I've got like you 30 other calls waiting yeah, there's yeah. things that got to be prioritized and people always forget that nuance I think not great and can really break a job I think when you're getting kind of remarks and comments from colleagues like that yeah the other disappointing thing was that she was in the presence of her consultant of course mm. chose to not do anything which I guess is also kind of I think that kind of makes it worse doesn't it that whole feeling it does it does because you you want you expect someone to have your back don't you and, yeah but clearly didn't in this situation it's just exactly. yeah rubbish you're being humiliated in front of an audience but also an audience of perhaps someone who you think should have maybe stood up for you yeah 100 percent. that's a shame okay other things there's quite a lot of like racism <laughs> I know there was, yeah. you see how many topics have gone there oh my god yeah, so, yeah. Much, so many racisms but yeah. one, in, one in particular the two that we should i kind of wanted to bring up and um, one i think is kind of important Alison Pearson, he's someone who mm. I kind of like muted, but loads of people kind of like had taken screenshots and it ended up on my feed. And basically, mm. so Shan, so to Shan, he said, he said, his, his tweet says, how can you tell if a person is British from a graduation photo is his question. And that's in response to a tweet from Alison Pearson, who says, the UK trains thousands of overseas students to be doctors. Look at any graduation photo. Those places could have gone to British kids. And I think the problem there. And I think one of the reasons why I find this kind of, that kind of sentiment really triggering is that mm. the racism is really, is a bit covert. Like you have yes. to kind of read between the lines. Yes. And I hate having to read between the lines for the racism because it almost makes you feel a little bit crazy for seeing the racism. Mm. And also you get other people who'll be like, oh no, that's not racist. You're being diversive by yeah. pointing out that it's yes. racist. They tell you that you got it wrong. Yeah. It? But it's like, you, you definitely didn't. Yeah. And it's like that I'm therefore being racist by actually pointing out the racism and you're mm. playing like a racism where's Wally and you yeah, find the yeah. Wally and they're like, oh yeah. no, you're the Wally. And it's yeah. just, it's very confusing. I think um, it's very intentional as well, isn't it? When they do that, it's very intentional. Yeah. Like yeah. that, everyone can tell what she meant by that tweet, Absolutely. but she just didn't say the word. She didn't say the words there's too many black and brown people in the photo. She just didn't say that, but it's oh, that's obviously what she meant. Yeah, absolutely. It's just disgusting. She's disgusting. She's horrible, isn't she? So uh, Farboard did a nice reply, which said, I remember Nick Griffin, a former BNP leader, once being asked this very question, and he answered with his unabashed honesty, you just look, you just know. 
and he goes i think we all know what alison means too yeah yeah and there was some horrible i same i've got her muted and blocked i think and i ended up it came on my timeline as well and i had a little look and there were some vile responses there was one particular woman who said oh my daughter had an interview in cambridge or my granddaughter had an interview in cambridge and said there was lots of or all the other interviewees were chinese and i was like what the heck oh yeah that made me really angry because one, I ended up looking through her feed and it was full of just like racist yeah, claptrap. Yeah, But also it's just like that weird, there's a lot to unpick from what she was saying. It sounds like her granddaughter is very high achieving. But like, how is it that she knew that all the other students were like Chinese for starters? Exactly, yeah, and two, exactly. Like, how, how did she have a measure of her being a better student than them? No, she's obviously decided that she was a better student than them. And the mm. only reason that they were there was because yeah. presumably the, the implication yeah. is a diversity quota or something. Yeah. How do you even, yeah. How do you get to that point? It's yeah. just, well, racism, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing, really. So there's a lot of that stuff this week, which I found really depressing. And mm. in some ways, I think there's Trevor Noah, who does the one show, the one that show. Oh, the um, daily thing in the States, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. And he kind of says that in some ways that kind of overt racism is kind of, even though it's horrible, um, mm. at least it's kind of, obvious and so you don't have to play this game whereas sometimes just kind of having it kind of in your presence and having to kind of point Mm. it out is kind of an exhausting thing in itself yeah I can Um, imagine yeah yeah and just going what I just found that tweet that was by this lady whose granddaughter was complaining about the the fellow applicants and it really broke my heart when Michael Kunwi Ann tweeted that this is he just said this is exactly what I mean. I will never feel like I belong here. People of color could be born and bred and still be considered foreign in this country, because yeah. that's what they're getting at, isn't it? Yeah, it happened. I said when I went to a funeral within, so it was about a year ago now, and it was a really nice service, and it was in Suffolk, and the. I mean, I don't go to, I'm not like a religious person at all, but I thought it was kind of, a, the priest had given like a really nice uh, kind of eulogy. And yeah. so at the end, like there was a kind of, there was tea and cakes in the hall. And I said to the priest, I have to say, like your eulogy was like really beautiful. It was uh, really like nice. And he goes, the first thing he said, where are you from? Because you're obviously uh. not round here. And he did this kind of hand gesture around my face. Uh. And it's so weird. And these kind of, it's just interesting that, say, f- for that person who's written Granddaughter Independence Corps and all this kind of stuff, like, yeah. the first thing that they obviously see is, like, the colour of your face. And I feel like mm. the kind of getting beyond that seems to be so difficult for them. I yeah. just don't know why it seems to be so difficult. But They're I, fixated I kind of, on it, aren't they? Yeah, totally. It's well weird. But yeah. one of the other things, before I take us into complete, like, depression, sorry, <laughs> but one thing I thought I should talk about was uh, there's a kind of Asian colleague who kind of we oh, you know yeah. there's plenty of kind of like racism within the kind of Asian community and certainly there was a tweet from Partha where he talked about an email that he'd received which basically it sounded like it was coming from an Asian person who's saying that we've got to be yeah oh he said you run the risk of alienating many from your own community by challenging racism and the implication was that you have to kind of pick a side or something yeah yeah so messed up and it made me really angry i mean there is so much racism in the asian community and as an asian person i feel like I have to kind of like point that stuff out and there was a colleague a professor who kind of couldn't i didn't even want it i mean basically used slur and yeah. then it kind of seemed to kind of want people to explain why that slur was inappropriate yeah, he just kept biting didn't he so i ended up yeah. blocking this dude over this because i just yeah. thought he's a senior someone who's got a standing in this profession and has got the absolute audacity when a group of people are telling you this is the incorrect terminology, this is what we would prefer. Mm. He kept just going, no, like, what's wrong if I, what's wrong with the fact that I say or I call you this? And I'm like, people from the black community are actually telling you that this is incorrect, that this is offensive. But he just kept doubling down mm. with no respect whatsoever. And I just thought, how how? Yeah, why? Like, what gives you the right to do that? And he just kept going and going. It was absolutely disgusting from someone who you would have expected to have known better or made an error but appreciated that they made an error and reflected on it and corrected it but there was none of that it was just horrible really disappointing yeah I mean I don't know what to say other than I mean 
it's well documented the kind of the deviation from blackness and the aspiration to be kind of closer to whiteness and it's perpetrated by people of my color and there's colorism within I mean it's complicated and within kind of all kinds of structures and things and the important thing is to be able or from my perspective anyway it's important to try and be reflective Mm. and respond to listen to people and it just seems weird people don't like being called a particular name why is it that People have to, other people have to insist on calling them that. It just seems ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's like they go out of their way to do it. And he kept going on about kind of... Well, what about this? What about this? Yeah, yeah. What, why is this okay, but this isn't? And, and Partha responded, well, individuals from that community are telling you that it's inappropriate. And he was just like, oh, people like my tweet response. So yeah, people yeah. are obviously on board with it. And I'm like, no, mate, this has not got the traction that you yeah. think it has. Literally, like, I was like, just yeah, Mate, you got 15 likes, and they're all from urologists, they're all from your trainees, exactly. probably. They're, they're probably, probably like, terrified, afraid. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then he, he even managed to bring Trump into it, and Did I he? just, oh, I yeah, that. yeah, I just lo- lost the plot after that. It's, yeah. yeah. He kind of then made it, and he did that kind of classic like social media behavior where he then talked about it in terms of, oh, like I don't listen to certain like Twitter personalities <laughs> yeah. uh, as if he's like some kind of like going be, uh, uh, against the grain. And it's no, mate, yeah. you're just being a knob. Everyone's thinking you're being yeah, a knob. Yeah, that's the crux of it, isn't it? Yeah. Racist knob. Yeah, yeah. God. Anyway. Where do we go from there? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I guess there was like a tweet that I kind of wanted to go over which I thought was kind of an interesting question posted by Sarita did you want to read that out oh yeah let me just find that one I always love when Twitter comes together with like wholesome advice it gives yeah. makes it makes all the bin fires worth it if that makes <laughs> sense Sarita tweeted and Sarita's handle is at Sarita La Colotte okay med Twitter foundation applications are scarily soon and I'm at a loss Help me choose where to go. Is your foundation program really good? Does it offer weird perks? I want to know about it. Short thread with some info about what I'm looking for and any and all input is appreciated. So for her, in her particular case, location was important to her. So she wanted, she said she'd happily go anywhere in Scotland, but not rural England or Northern Ireland, Wales, <laughs> maybe. I understand <laughs> that. I get that. And other things obviously were important to her. Being which paid on time. All of us. Yeah, yeah, money, locum rates, being in a city with lots going on. Fucking and nice. yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, it's all sincerity that comes through on these tweets and I really mm. like it. Where did you do your foundation training? Yeah, so I yeah studied in Cardiff and then I've been in Liverpool ever since. And there was a reason for that. So I knew I didn't want to stay in Wales and that was just because I'd been in Wales all my life and I just thought this is an opportunity for me to kind of go elsewhere. And the reason I chose Liverpool is because I had a good night out in Liverpool once. No way. And so yeah. that, that's probably a good good place yeah, to go yeah, yeah, to. Liverpool's huge though, isn't it? Where did you... It, were you yes. Kind of... Yeah, so I'd only been to the city centre one time for approximately five hours. <laughs> and was quite drunk on, during those no. five hours. Yeah. Um, but I thought, oh, the people seemed cool. And also there was a specific academic foundation job that I wanted as well, which I didn't ah, end up okay. getting, which was kind of a... a a blessing in disguise kind of afterwards but but kind of still thought oh, I'll go for Liverpool yeah. and I've stayed here ever since it's just one of those cities that's a lot going on it's small enough that you feel like Manchester can feel a bit big as another okay. equivalent northern city whereas Liverpool's quite contained people are cool it's quite down mm-hmm. to earth similar to where I'm from in the valleys so that was always like a good thing for me it was just one of those homely welcoming places but yeah it's, it's like we were just saying before we started the podcast as like you when we qualified and stuff. None of this information existed and you just kind no. of went blind into these places. But I would recommend Liverpool and where I did, obviously my foundation was 10 years ago, but I would recommend kind of where I did that because some places just get more support than others really, don't yeah. they? You always kind of get that vibe and where I was in Aintree was really well supported. Did you do your foundation programme? I was in East of England. So I did my F1 in Peterborough. When I did it though, like Peterborough Hospital was two hospitals, but I'm so old now that one of the hospitals <laughs> turned into flats and now there's like one giant hospital. So I can't complete, I guess my experience of it may well be different to what people have now, but I really liked it in terms of it was kind of, it was a DGH um, mm. and, uh, but it was, and this Peterborough is not that kind of massive a city really, but that kind of meant that the mess nights were kind of cool because. Yeah. It made them kind of more important. People, whereas yeah. I think in kind of big cities, people tend to just kind of get a bit split up and scattered around. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I felt that. Being in a university hospital, I've never had that DGH experience since I've okay. qualified. I've only worked in like tertiary centres or university hospitals. And I think I I miss that. Like yeah, the DGH yeah. sounds a bit like more camaraderie and stuff at times. Yeah, like I think there is, I mean, you kind of end up knowing people more. I think the thing that I was always jealous of in the tertiary centres, though, was that like everything just seemed cooler, though, because you'd be able to like... I don't know, they'd get, you know, people go to like posh bars or yeah. <laughs> the mess always, the mess in the big hospitals are always like nicer. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Um, so like there's more money into them also. So yeah, somehow, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So yeah did, oh, did you see that? Did you see that tweet though? Sorry to interrupt about okay. that mess. I think Emma Coombs posted it this week and there was a mess. I can't remember where it was, but there was like, remember those racing car carpets they used to get with like oh, yeah. the um, tracks oh, yeah. on? <laughs> yeah. There was a really disgusting, dirty version of one of those on the mess that was in the doctor's mess. And there was, I think there was a, a blackboard that said ideas for mess improvements and one of them was just can we have light bulbs please <laughs> it was just no light it was just really oh bizarre that was, wasn't a great mess but that's how low the bar has been set yes oh aim low wow wow i mean i think i did my core training in ipswich and i think it also that was also a dgh and but mm. the f1s and f2 seem to be having a really good time i think the questions that she asks though are like so basic in terms of we, they should be like standard yeah the, yeah yeah like yeah. she was talking about like the distance to commute and in east of england things are so far apart like my commute to work is about an hour and 15 minutes um oh it's crazy because i, I mm. commute switch to Norwich, and so east of england is huge and so i wouldn't recommend it if you're going to base it on the length if of that's important yeah, yeah yeah and i guess the other thing she mentions are like locum rates which is really variable and in the trust, trust i've been in not very good so I think it's, I think uh, from what I've heard from some people that it's, but you're better off going up north for like better locum rates, but. Yeah. So I was chatting to somebody today. So it was a new resurgery reg. I don't know if it's different now, but a couple of years ago as a resident new resurgery reg, we were getting 50 an hour for locum shifts. That was like a night shift. I was speaking to somebody today and there's the standard rate for an A&E SHO on a day shift now 50 quid an hour so I thought that's quite good compared to what was going on I think and they said at some points like in desperate times it was going up to like nearly 100 an hour that is definitely better better up north I mean I I do know that so in the different trusts that I've been working in the kind of the med red shifts vary between 55 60 pounds an hour to 70 pounds an hour some Mm -hmm. places or 80 if they're kind of getting desperate and for cardiology reg it's pretty much the same I think it's slightly more again up north where it can be upwards of 80 pounds yeah but literally when I've wanted to kind of get better rates it's much better to do work as an A&E registrar they're much more kind of yeah willing yeah it's mad that isn't it like yeah any other specialty just doesn't budge at all no matter what's going on but yeah I mean, uh, the one thing I like about working in a is just not holding the bleep. So that makes the locum mm. even more kind of like attractive yeah. and appealing. But, yeah, um, oh God, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, as you say, it's so good that they have that resource of mid Twitter to kind of pose that question to. So yeah, I hope she gets to, what she wants. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Like you say, the things she's asking for are so basic, which should just be <laughs> right? the norm everywhere. Yeah, it's just, yeah. oh God, this is all it's come to. Yeah. So shall we read that? So like... I put in some first hole yes. thing. Let me make sure I pick the, the right, right one. one. <laughs> I don't Sorry. know. Hopefully this is safe for work. But yeah, yeah. I know you guys absolutely love a fest hole. So this was a good one from this week. Oh, from today, actually. So they said, I once had to go in a litter tray when my new girlfriend was using the shower. You have never been truly judged in life until you make eye contact with a cat. <laughs> while dumping two litres of fizzy gravy into his toilet. Matt, that guy needs to see a GP, man. I blamed the cat and got brownie points for cleaning up and he got a trip to the vet. Poor cat. I know, right? (laughs) But, like, that raises questions. Like, the two litres... I mean, mean, it probably wasn't two litres, but... That's a really absorbent litter, isn't it? That's yeah, and that's a lot of diarrhea that's for one lot. person in one go. Yeah. Some uh, yeah, obviously a very absorbent litter. If they want to post the so... brand, that would be yeah. Uh, they should get a commission for that. I know, right? And there must have been like splatter, and it's just awful, isn't it? I have questions about the mechanics yeah. of it all because. It's... Yeah, the tray's on the floor. Yeah, but... You must have had to do some serious squatting. Yeah. Like, those thighs must have been, yeah, working over time. Down. No wonder <laughs> that's aim. Yeah. yeah, the cat yeah. pose. Yeah. And how do you get back up after a squat like that? Like, exactly. <laughs> like, clinging to the wall. So gross. I don't know. Anyway, there's a separate festival account where people say about whether that's real or not. And... Yes. Yeah, they try and verify it or something, don't they? Yeah. 
<laughs> I just like to believe that they're all true. Absolutely. <laughs> Makes me feel better about my life. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone to like literally for science try and adopt that diarrhea like dropping yes. position to see if it's yes. kind of physically possible. Maybe that could it. be a video for your YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's is that Maybe. what Imran's doing right now, actually. That's, that's <laughs> his only fan. Trying to recreate <laughs> that. Yeah, I've got lots of questions, but yeah, poor Kitty. Yeah, so this is one that I almost got you to read out. I'm really sorry, but it seems more <laughs> kind of apt to me, although it sounds like one of my confessions. It's like, I'm middle-aged <laughs> and I'm worried that if I have a heart attack and die whilst I'm pleasuring myself with something up my bum, I'll be remembered for that forever. Not all the good I've done. I feel like... The legacy. Yeah. Do don't you know. We don't kink shame at all. And no. it just makes me sad that the guy, whoever the soul is, is worried about. Yeah. Like, how vigorously is this person pleasuring themselves with something up their bum that they're worried they're going to have a heart attack during it? Like, yeah. That's what I'm... Whatever they're doing, I think it should just be, as I say, pegged Moderation. down a bit. <laughs> <I'm not sure laughs> that was a completely unintentional pun, but uh, I am quite it? proud of that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. very proud. Yeah, but nice yeah, I'd, I'd rather no one have a heart attack because it would be a story, wouldn't it? But, it would. Oh, it make, makes me sad that's what this poor dude's worried about. Yeah, gosh. Anyway, on that bombshell. Take your statins. Probably... They should yeah, take your statins. Yeah, take your statins. Yeah, please do take your statins. We're at time. That just leads me to thank you so much for stepping in. The oh, time has flown no by. Um, As, yeah, it's always good fun, isn't it? It is. Did you it's always good fun. want to part with any words of wisdom or something? Or... No, I'm actually surprised that I did this because... Just before you text me about doing it, I took a sedating antihistamine. <laughs> and I was like, what have I done? I totally forgot. And then I was like, oh my God, am I going to rem- am I going to speak any sense? Am I going to yeah, remember yeah. doing it? Oh, um, yeah, no. But no, so, I'm still awake, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but no, thanks for asking me on. And, all, and thanks, for, thanks for letting Nina and I do the occasional takeover. Oh, no, you guys are well. awesome. We have such good fun, but we sometimes wonder why you let us do it. No, that's really good. Uh, I've been away this week. I tend to listen to them during my uh, commutes and I'm on call over the weekend. Mm. So I've got that to look forward to so yeah yes. you guys are awesome. so it's always my monday morning commute and my yeah for the two medics podcast so oh. yeah well done you guys you've got a good thing going thank you all right then take care everyone and what was it that he says try let's not let's try oh, not be to good canceled. something like be good live, live long and prosper yeah okay. yeah bye all that jazz. bye <laughs> bye bye